Hi, George Lavender here. You can listen, like, and subscribe to the Making Contact podcast, that's the one you're listening to right now, on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and most major podcast channels. That way you won't miss a single episode. And if you rate us or share the show on Facebook or Twitter, other people get to know the show too. So thanks a lot for that. Here's the show. This is Making Contact. I'm Laura Flynn. Now we are traveling along some of the 160 miles of track that were laid down on the bottom of the canal. Track that constantly had to be shifted as the shovels dug away at Mother Earth. In this video, a train rides down the floor of what would be the Panama Canal in 1912, before construction was actually completed. This looks like a desert stream in early spring, but it's really the first water ever to enter the Panama Canal proper, finding its way into it from the Chagres River. And the cost? Well, it's difficult to get actual figures, but the entire canal had an estimated cost of some $375 million. Officially opening in 1914, the Panama Canal connected the Atlantic and Pacific, creating a shortcut for ships. It was the biggest infrastructure project of its time. But originally, the United States wanted to build the canal in Nicaragua. The plans shifted largely after French engineer Philippe Jean Bonuvaria convinced U.S. lawmakers otherwise. Well, now Nicaragua canal plans are back on the table. Nicaragua plans to build a $50 billion canal to connect the Caribbean and Pacific. Supporters argue it will create more than 250,000 jobs. But small farmers and environmentalists say the project will destroy Lake Nicaragua. On this edition, we'll take a look at the economic, political, and environmental controversies surrounding the Nicaragua Canal. Reporter Reese Ehrlich has the story. Waves lap languorously against the shore on Ometepe Island in the middle of Lake Nicaragua. The Nicaraguan government and a Chinese development company plan to build a massive canal that will include digging a channel through this, the largest freshwater lake in Central America. Maria Mercelin, a fisherman's wife, says the noise and pollution from a nearby tourist construction site has already started to chase fish away. Right now they're just getting started and the fish are already scarce. If they continue, everything is definitely going to go away completely. Mercelin reflects the concerns of many who depend on Lake Nicaragua. In late 2014, the Hong Kong-Nicaragua Development Company, or HKND, broke ground on the 170-mile interoceanic canal, which will be three times the size of the Panama Canal. It's one of the largest infrastructure projects in the world. It will reduce shipping costs for supertankers bringing goods from the eastern U.S. to Asia. Canal supporter Michael Healy, head of an agribusiness association, says it will provide over $50 billion in foreign investment and create 250,000 full-time and construction jobs. For our economy, it'd be an excellent step. We have a steady four, between four to 4.5 percent of, of, of growth every year. Uh, I believe with the canal, you know, that will be uh, around 10 percent if we start building the canal. I believe it's very important because uh, we're going to create a lot of jobs, you know. But at what cost to the environment and to small farmers or campesinos booted off their land? In a gritty Managua neighborhood, environmental lawyer and anti-canal activist Monica Lopez shows me around her NGO office. Her family has a long history opposing the Somoza dictatorship that ruled the country until 1979. I was an old private residence during Somoza's time. 
Um, and now, uh, for the past 25 years, uh, is the residence of Fundación Popolna, but also more than four NGOs that have their offices here, along with us. Offices. We have pictures of uh, Che Guevara, pictures of Sandino. Uh, we also have some pictures of the most important uh, poets of Nicaragua, four female poets that are uh, there, along with some of their poems. We walk into her office. Lopez is a leader in the leftist opposition to the canal. She's concerned about the lack of environmental controls and exclusive rights granted to HKND. Under the agreement, HKND can maintain at least some canal ownership for up to 100 years while allowing it to build the canal and related projects. The canal concession um, actually reflects to the very unconsultative way and untransparent way the government is behaving. It commits our most valuable natural resources, including Lake Nicaragua, which is the most important water reserve for all Central America. It commits our forest, our uh, coast resources, uh, our biodiversity. Lopez says Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega and the Sandinista Party have moved to the right politically, and the terms of the canal project prove it. Nicaragua will receive up to $10 million a year in fees and take 10% ownership every 10 years, becoming the majority partner only after 51 years. Lopez says in 2012, Nicaragua actually passed a good canal law that upheld national sovereignty. To be honest, the terms of that law weren't so bad. Uh, in fact, they said that uh, in any case that this project could be uh, done in Nicaragua, Nicaragua would own 51% of the actions, uh, of the share shares in the project from the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, that Nicaragua uh, would uh, take care of applying environmental laws nationally but international treaties, that we would never lose the capacity of taking the biggest decisions on how the project was going to be done and which areas and which people would be affected. In general, it says that the Nicaragua would keep uh, the rights to decide on the project. But in early 2014, the Sandinista government revised the canal law to give virtually unlimited eminent domain power to the HKND. The new law also weakened environmental protections. The first environmental studies didn't start until after construction began on access roads. The government should have given them its exploration concession, which means that they would develop the studies. If they could support with the studies that the consequences could be um, mitigate, mitigate the consequences and that the, that the benefits along with the project could balance the decision, then the country could decide. Nicaragua gave the concession and 18 months had passed. They already publicly begin the construction and no study is on the table. It would be naive uh, from my experience and all the information I know on the canal concession to think that this project in some point could lead us to a, a good uh, end. Lionel Teller, a former Nicaraguan ambassador to the EU and a canal supporter, says it's the opposition that is naive. He argues that foreign investors weren't willing to bankroll a canal under the terms of the previous law, so the government made the best deal it could. Wang Jing, head of HKND, has already invested $200 million of HKND's money. 
The Nicaraguan government doesn't have to put up any. For an investment of the magnitude uh, in a calculation of 50 billion U.S. dollars for an interoceanic canal, for investors to feel that their investment is secure, the law has to be very favorable for those uh, foreign investors that will put that kind of money in a developing nation that not too long ago was engaged in a sad and dramatic civil war. Even though the country has recovered tremendously socially, emotionally, economically, and the country is moving forward, but still it's a country that drags uh, as a Nicaraguan and a former congressman, I feel, and former ambassador, that it is important that uh, we give uh, very good terms for those investors that are, are trusting our people and our country to put their money to guarantee a return and that their investment is secure. Lopez and other opposition leaders are suspicious of HKND, however. Lopez says Wang Jing formed subsidiary companies that will officially build the canal. The origins and future role of those 16 subsidiaries remain opaque. Ortega's government gave a 116-year concession that gives to a private Chinese citizen investor rights over most of our land without having any background on that individual itself. In fact, all of the 16 companies are what you can call a briefcase companies because none of those companies has any experience in not even in huge infrastructure projects, in any kind of project. Canal supporters on the left argue that the new canal would weaken U.S. hegemony in the region by building a new canal not controlled by the West. I asked Lopez if her views would be different if the U.S. or other Western powers were building the canal. In my opinion, it doesn't matter or it's indifferent who's behind the concession because the consequences, as it was signed, are the same for my country and my people. She argues that under terms of the canal concession, ordinary Nicaraguans have lost their sovereignty to the HKND. Nicaraguan people cannot protest against this idea. Nicaraguan people cannot use their legal rights against this idea. Nicaraguan people are obliged to uh, uh, accomplish and do what the concessionary says you have to do in their territories. Even public authorities as the army and the police are completely obliged to protect this project. We are basically saying that a very big important portion of our territories was taken away of our hands without any sort of basic elements that should be on the table to do this. And it doesn't matter who is taking that. But in terms of our point of view as Nicaraguan citizens, the results are exactly the same if it's just Wanjing or if it's uh, mainland China or, or if it's China with US, the consequences are still the same for us. But of course, we wouldn't want to be in the middle of a geopolitical strategy behind of it. But of course, it's really possible that that, that, that is what is going on with the project. Lionel Teller dismisses such theories, arguing that HKND is a development company interested in making money, not part of some geopolitical plot. This is a private investment uh, from a private company. Uh, there are no governments 
at all involved. And this is very interesting because there has been a lot of speculations, not only in Nicaragua, but even in Washington, for some people speculating whether this is a project of the Chinese government or even the Red Army. And the chairman of HKND, Mr. Wang Yin, has been very clear saying that he's not a politician, that he's a private man, a private businessman, and that the government of China is not behind. The president of Costa Rica, President Solis, visited for a week China and met with the president of China, another high-ranked official, for a full week. And he has stated publicly, and it was in the international press, that in fact the government of China by no means is behind the Inter-Oceanic Canal of Nicaragua. And uh, Forbes magazine last year ranked the chairman of HKND, Mr. Wang Yin, at the 12 richest Chinese man with a personal wealth of 6.5 US billion dollars. So as a Nicaraguan, uh, I feel that this is a great opportunity uh, as long as HKND uh, maintain uh, best international practices at all phases of the project to protect the environment and to guarantee that the project will be uh, concluded and successful. Teller argues that major international companies have endorsed the project by agreeing to help build and finance it. And one of the uh, guarantees that we have that the project will be a success are so far the companies that they have this disclosed uh, publicly so far that um, will be uh, involved in the project. But a list of international corporate sponsors doesn't impress residents of Ometepe Island. A ferry chugs slowly out from the port at San Jorge, headed for the island. Backpackers looking for a cheap vacation mixed with locals bringing home vegetables and even a motorcycle tire. Residents lead quiet lives fishing, growing vegetables, and catering to low-impact tourism. The ferry drops anchor and dozens of people head to shore. Down the road, the wind blows hard along a sandy beach. Rosabel Lopez, who owns a local snack bar, worries that canal dredging as deep as 100 feet will ruin the lake's ecology. We disagree here in Nicaragua, especially here on the island of Ometepe, because it would harm the lake. It would mean the death of the fish with the contaminated water, with everything they're going to do. So, we don't agree. We don't want the canal. Here, us Nicaraguans, especially the islanders, we don't want the canal. Lopez expresses another common concern, that the Hong Kong Development Company will exercise eminent domain not only to buy up land for the canal, but for tourism projects as well. Another thing, through the canal, the Chinese have been measuring the land along the coast of the island. They say they're going to buy if the owners of the land don't want to sell. They'll push them out and force the sale. They're going to get a price that is very low. And if they don't want to sell, the owners are going to be moved out. That's what they're saying around here, and that's why we don't want the canal. A few miles away, some 60 farmers gather at an anti-canal meeting. 
Jairo Carrion, a local anti-canal leader, says dredging the lake's hard rock bottom will require explosives. The lake isn't deep enough for this project. What are they going to do? They're going to use dynamite. Scientific studies show that if they use dynamite, they'll create a dead zone. The flora and fauna will die off when the lake is dredged. Nothing will sustain life. They'll have to keep dredging the lake in order to keep the depth of the canal. The canal's supporters flatly deny those claims. Former Ambassador Leonel Teller says the canal developers have carefully studied the lake's ecology. In the Nicaraguan lake, there is no consideration of using dynamite or explosive. It will be a simple dredging. What they're going to do is they're going to remove and make a, a deeper area uh, along the route where the ships are going to go through the lake in order not to damage the life of the species that live near the coast of the island or near the coast uh, of the lake. But this doesn't convince David Quintana, spokesperson for the nonprofit Foundation for Nicaraguan Sustainable Development. Far from it. He says the overall impact will be felt far beyond the lake's boundaries. More than half the population of Nicaragua. We're six million in Nicaragua. More than half is about three million people that are in Basin 69. That includes Lake Nicaragua, that rely on the lake to survive for fishing, for drinking water, for recreation, tourism, agriculture, and industry. We don't want to see the big ships in the lake. It will create a dead zone. Canal supporters say environmentalists are romanticizing the lake, pointing out that it's muddy and requires heavy filtration before the water is safe to drink. Benjamin Lanzas, a member of the canal's governing body and head of one of the country's largest construction companies, says heavy pollution predates the arrival of the Chinese-owned HKND. It's really sad, but we have to admit that here in Nicaragua, being a, a poor country, we are already destroying the environment ourselves without the Chinese. I actually flew over the site many times, and it is treeless. I mean, the forest is gone. Uh, the lake already is suffering from a lot of sedimentation from rivers, bringing lots of everything into the lake. But the canal's environmental impact isn't the only area of dispute. Ometepe Island leader Osvaldo Navas is scared that the developer will use eminent domain to seize his land to build tourist hotels. Eh, el patrimonio que, que era... Eh, my great-grandfather gave it to his grandfather, who gave it to his father. Now I want to be able to pass it along to my son. I want to conserve that. For us, this is our rancho, our palace, our land, our paradise. The campesinos at the meeting chant, No to the canal. We don't want the Chinese. And... We don't want communism either. They even formed a band to sing an anti-canal ballad, banging out the beat on a painted tortoise shell. You're listening to Making Contact. We'll have more about Reese Ehrlich's story on the controversial Nicaraguan Canal in a few moments. We'll be right back. You're listening to Making Contact, a production of the National Radio Project. Because of generous support from listeners like you, this show is distributed for free to radio stations in the US, Canada, Australia, and South Africa. 
To find out how to donate, download shows, or get our podcasts, go to radioproject.org. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is making underscore contact. Opponents of the Nicaraguan Canal mix legitimate concerns with wild and sometimes xenophobic conspiracy theories. For example, protest leader Jairo Carrion says no Nicaraguans will work on construction of the canal, a potential concern given that in other large infrastructure projects, Chinese companies often hire their own nationals. They say the Chinese are going to bring their people. But Carrion claims that even after the canal is completed, all the jobs on the canal, ports, airport, and free trade zone factories will also go exclusively to Chinese workers. Who will, who will work at the airport? Who will work loading the ships? Canal supporters point out, however, that tens of thousands of Chinese workers won't permanently immigrate to Nicaragua to work in low-wage jobs in a country with a lower standard of living than China. Canal Commission member Benjamin Lanzas concedes that some 25,000 canal construction jobs will go to skilled Chinese and other foreign workers, but he estimates another 25 to 30,000 jobs will go to Nicaraguans. He says HKND officials are already trying to find qualified Nicaraguan workers. They have met twice with construction trade unions. They have asked for a list of workers that can start doing you know, small jobs right now, and the union is providing that list of people. It's definitely a good sign. And, I mean, Nicaraguans are already working on the project right now. Many of the canal opponents also believe that the Chinese will establish military bases in Nicaragua. Juana Juarez says the Chinese are planning to set up a military base on Ometepe Island to protect the canal. She claims the Chinese have a sinister motive. They wanted to force us out of here because we're not going peacefully. So they militarize everything. They're putting bases all around the island. Supporters note that China has no military bases anywhere in the world outside of Chinese territory, and it has no interest in setting up one in Nicaragua. Lanza says the canal will benefit from Chinese and other foreign investment. Nicaragua um, is the second poorest country of America after Haiti. Uh, Our gross national product is around $11 billion, so an investment of around 50 billion is definitely going to change the country. Uh, We have said many times that any infrastructure that it's either um, financed by the government, by private sector, or whoever, uh, but works in infrastructure in Nicaragua, it is very well seen. Uh, Nicaragua has the weakest infrastructure of all Central America. So when a project like the canal promises to build two ports, an airport, highways, and obviously the canal, then we see it with very good eyes. In the city of Brito, along Nicaragua's Pacific coast, Antonio Granados drives his new SUV along a rutted dirt road. He pulls out a map of the canal route. We are in Miramar property. Miramar property is uh, where the canal will cross, you know, and Brito property, which is the next one. So this is right where we are now is where the canal will be. Exactly. Granados is a big landowner whose property lies directly along the canal route. 
he turns left to get to the lazy, curving Brito River. They have a, a design, okay, uh, which is a straight line, not following the river, you know, that is where they would dig. I see, and then they dig it up to 50 meters deep and exactly. however uh, wide. And 200 to 500 wide. Now what happens to the land on either side of the canal? Uh, that is a good question, you know. Apparently that land will be uh, will be kept by the property owners, but that is not clear how many will be uh, the boundary, you know, or, or the protection, you know, that the, 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 the canal will need. So it's right, because you can't clear. build your house right up to the canal, for exactly, example, exactly. but how far away do you have to be? Exactly, that is not clear yet. He drives a few more miles to where the Brito River meets the Pacific. We see a few fishermen shacks. Granado says this area could all change over the next few years. Here, it would be their industrial area. So this is the canal, and the pier will be here, this side of the river, okay? Here will be the pier, and all this area will be their, their industrial area and the free zone area. I see, so they're gonna buy up this land from the existing owners so they can build the free zone and factories and so on connected to the And then behind would be the, the town. HKND plans to build a town for 25,000 workers who will help construct the canal. Altogether, the company estimates some 35,000 Nicaraguans will be displaced by the canal and related projects. The company will be responsible for compensating and relocating them. Granados expects large landowners to receive fair market value for their property. I asked him about everyone else. The land for me had to be for who, who may make more efficient the production of the land. And many Nicaraguans agree with Granados. A December poll by M&R Consultants shows a majority of Nicaraguans support the canal. An overwhelming 71% of those living far from the canal route support it. But only 42% of those living directly along the canal path do so. The canal is slated for completion by 2020 at a cost of $50 billion. Supporters claim the project will be finished on time and on budget, but as with other massive infrastructure projects around the world, cost overruns are likely. Over the next few months, HKND plans to buy up land along the canal route and then begin construction of related projects like seaports and worker housing. Actual canal construction, including dredging Lake Nicaragua, is many months, if not years, away, leaving many issues unresolved. Back on Ometepe Island, the campesinos vow to continue their struggle until the canal is stopped. Campesino leader Osvaldo Navas quotes a famous Nicaraguan poet to make his point. Bueno, respondería con con unas palabras de de el máximo este. Well, I'll answer with some words by a Nicaraguan poet, Ruben Dario. We're a very hospitable, polite people, capable of offering you an olive branch, but can wage war on you. In December and January, thousands of campesinos and environmentalists rallied against the project. Demonstrations are likely to continue. Agribusinessman Michael Healy says the government should talk with the protesters. Things have to be done right, you know. Uh, 
in the ecological part, you know, I think it's a lot of work to be done. When people is uncomfortable, it creates a lot of tension. And when tension is not good for the investors, you know, so I believe that, you know, if you can have a dialogue, you know, the government has good people dialing with these people, uh, it can, some possible things can come out of that, you know. For Making Contact, I'm Reese Ehrlich, Ometepe Island, Nicaragua. That's it for this edition of Making Contact. Thanks for listening to Reese Ehrlich's documentary on the controversial Nicaraguan Canal. Special thanks to Paula Matanovich in Nicaragua for translation. To find out more, visit our website at radioproject.org. That's also where you can download past shows and make a difference by supporting our work. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Our handle is making underscore contact. The Making Contact team includes Lisa Rudman, Andrew Stelzer, George Lavender, Jasmine Lopez, Quan Booth, and Rochelle Robinson. I'm Laura Flynn. Thanks for listening to Making Contact. Thank you.